Chris. Howdy, and welcome back to Sudden But Inevitable. I, of course, am your host, Vanilla Husband, a.k.a. Captain Bootscoot, a.k.a. Jesse. And Sudden But Inevitable, of course, is the sci-fi rewatch podcast dedicated to single-season space westerns that were canceled before their time. Not exclusively, but 90% of the time. So we just kind of go with it. Now, I could do this show by myself, but that wouldn't be as much fun. So, of course, as I do every week, I have brought along my very longtime friend, Josh. Josh, how are you doing this week? Welcome to Sudden But Inevitable. I'm good, man. I am exhausted. I went on a little vacation for this last week and a half, and I drove back home today. Uh, It was about an eight-hour drive, so I'm a little tired, but I'm good. Um, Yeah, yeah. It It was a good week. I got to go see... Our friends over at the Marvel Can of Madness podcast, Chip and Roy, got to see them in real life. And uh, I, I looked at Chip at one point and I was like, hey, man, I think I'm going through a midlife crisis. And he was like, oh, yeah, for sure. We all have a separate chat just making making sure that we're all <laughs> watching your midlife crisis. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> wow. So I got a good chuckle out of that. So thanks, guys, for for making sure I'm all right and in, in your own separate TMA minus Josh chat. <laughs> I was going to say, I hope what you get out of that is that we care about you deeply. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it just made me laugh. And you know that I love you, but I have to be totally honest with you, and that's why. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't know what chat Chip is talking about, so I'm, I'm not even part of that chat. So. He was totally just kidding. He was totally kidding, and it was a great joke. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I feel like if that chat existed, Chip would would cut me out of it uh, there's a bit of a rivalry if, if you want to hear more about the rivalry just go listen to quest me or marvel canon madness there's a lot of shows here at the twist my arm podcast network for you to listen to with lots of very differing individual personalities behind yeah, yeah. the helms of each yeah. show yeah, yeah. <laughs> speaking of the helms of shows here at the twist my arm network there is another person that we have brought with us of course and that person is our good friend ricky d from a show called best flicks with ricky d ricky d how is your week so far my friend uh it's going pretty good i'm here to provide that personality that you're talking about so much just uh full of personality and uh, i'm ready to talk about some cowboy bebop yes um so this isn't gonna sound like i'm making it up on the spot and i promise you i am not this is 100 percent true I have been physically told in real life by an actual physical person that their favorite part of the podcast is Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Ooh. I am not making that up. It is 100% true. <laughs> Was it um, me? Because I'm my favorite part of this podcast. I think we all know that. Uh, but no, it was not you. You're my favorite was, part of this podcast, Ricky, for sure. <laughs> it was, it was, um, it was, it was my wife. Um, I think she meant other than me that you were her favorite part but but that's not how she phrased it so um shout out to mrs boot scoop yeah i i i appreciate that sweetheart shout out to mrs sudden uh ricky d you have uh no no misery in your week uh josh's week had a little bit of misery it sounds like with an extended uh commute <laughs> and and then a a friend forcing him into a podcast <laughs> uh it hasn't been too bad my work vehicle is down so i'm kind of I'm driving the extra hoopty we have, and I'm going up to Wyoming. I'm driving all the way into the mountains to Aspen, and that's been kind of a hassle, but I wouldn't call it misery. Huh. 
he wouldn't call it misery, folks. There you have it. I think that might be the most positive introduction Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D has ever had on our show, if I'm not mistaken. I think it sounds about right. <laughs> Before we get to our very, very special guest for the evening, let's say hello really quickly to all of our very good friends in the live chat. That includes Angelus and Callie. Angelus was first in the chat this week, ladies and gentlemen. That is a very new thing. It's for almost for always for Callie D or Rona, and I'm not saying that you're slacking. I'm just saying Angelus had you by, like, what, three minutes there? So I think it's going to be a thing now. I think there might now officially be a thing. Um, we're all going for takeout after this show, in case anybody was wondering. It's going to take a while because... Some of us are in Germany, some of us are in Colorado, some of us... Anyways, some of us are in Australia. Anyways, as we do here at Sun But Inevitable, we have brought a very special guest along for the ride this week. And of course, this season, we are watching the live-action Cowboy Bebop series, which was unceremoniously canceled by Netflix, and I will never forgive them for that. But, moving past that as quickly as I possibly can, our guest for this week is the host of another Cowboy Bebop podcast. How cool is that? And this is actually not my first time speaking with said host of Cowboy Bebop podcast. Now, this will be the first time that we've had this guest on our show. So please, those of you in the live chat and those of you here on the screen with me, join me in welcoming for the first time, Andrew, host of Bebop Tabletop to Sudden But Inevitable. Ooh. Andrew, how is your week going? Howdy, howdy. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, my week so far has been great. Um, everything that you guys have complained about, I've done the exact opposite and everything's been perfect. So I don't know what you guys are doing wrong. It, it's it's probably not your fault. Yeah, almost oh. everything. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say it most definitely is. <laughs> That was great. I had my uh, pre-show boba before I came on, so I'm feeling great. I'll be totally honest with you, Andrew. When you said that in the pre-show chat, I thought you meant that you had just finished watching Boba Fett, and <laughs> I did too. So you were like, <laughs> yeah. So you're, yeah. So you're like, I'm in space western mode, and I was like, perfect. I mean, I mean this that is works also too, space yeah. western, but you know, uh, this one is like Boba Fett, but you can drink, right? So right. it's uh it's the what do they call it? Like the the milk tea with pearls in it, right? Mm, if you haven't right. had it absolutely go get one right now is, is what i'm saying <laughs> good. i'm a big texture person what is the texture like on those bubbles uh, it's like balls it's like you're eating balls so it's jelly oh, beans yeah. it's like okay. jelly beans without the shell yeah yeah, yeah that's a no, pretty good description yeah it's not like that tapioca crap <laughs> no he said balls yeah it's and like balls it is absolutely like balls i don't want to i don't want to drink that tastes like balls <laughs> it's not like it's, it doesn't taste like balls it just feels like balls <laughs> <laughs> okay i don't want to drink that feels like balls <laughs> uh, you're missing out that's what i'm saying exact opposite so. welcome <laughs> to the award-winning cowboy bebop <laughs> slash firefly <laughs> slash highlander slash space western in general slash sci-fi podcast uh you I, I i think you're gonna fit in well here andrew i would like to say really pearls. quickly angelus hello that's that's perfect pearls oh sorry yeah. <laughs> No, don't oh, leave the street. Geez, where'd it go? Josh and I are both trying to highlight comments at the same time. I was trying to say hello to our friend, the intrepid DM, um, who is leaving to go get some <laughs> as well. So I am being abandoned as we speak. Um, hi, intrepid DM. Bye, intrepid DM. You guys, what do you say we talk about episode five of the live action Cowboy Bebop series, Dark Side Tango? But before we get there, I think it only makes good sense to ask our friend Andrew, the host of Bebop Tabletop, really quickly. 
what is your history with the anime, and then give us a quick primer on what Bebop Tabletop is, and hopefully the intrepid DM sticks around for that. <laughs> sure thing. So uh, my history with Bebop, uh, Cowboy Bebop is that I watched the show in, oh, I don't know, 2000, like 2001, Adult Swim. I don't know how many of us started there, right? Like that, that tsunami break, that's, that's where the first time Tank hits you and you're just like, yes, yeah. I'm a, I don't that? know, 15-year-old boy. <laughs> like, yes, give that more to me. Uh, started there. Uh, did, hadn't watched the show since then in maybe like 10 years. And then a little bit of news about John Cho, a little bit of news about a Keanu movie. Remember that? Uh, we, yeah. uh, that kind of triggered a rewatch. It's like, okay, let's rewatch this thing before, before the live action comes, right? So, you know, to get into what Bebop, so that, that's why I love this show, right? I grew up with this show. It has left a mark on me that I cannot erase. It is a weight I must carry, right? <laughs> uh, flash forward now, last year, uh, my friends and I have been playing a bunch of Dungeons and Dragons. I've been wanting to play, I, I've been wanting to lead a game of Dungeons and Dragons for a while, but I don't really like Dungeons and Dragons. There's too many rules. Or I should say, there are too many rules that I don't understand. <laughs> so, so I kind of turned it around and said, hey, what if we made a game like Cowboy Bebop that we could play as Dungeons and Dragons? So that's what Bebop Tabletop is. We've started a podcast where we watch through the anime so far, one episode at a time, take pieces of it out and turn it into a game that uh, hopefully I can play. And then eventually we want everyone listening to be able to play as well. I got to say, I have listened to all of your episodes that have come out so far, and I am not a tabletop gamer, um, but the mix of Bebop with game mechanics is something that, as a person who has played a game in my life, <laughs> I can deeply get into. And I really, really like the way that you sort of mash those two things together without it feeling like arbitrary, right? Like you're actually using the structure of the show to create structure in the game. And I think that's really interesting. And that's what I like about Bebop Tabletop. How long have you guys been doing the show? Uh, we're on, well, I mean, the recording schedule versus publish schedule, right? So we're, I think we just recorded 15 or 16. So we're probably about 12 or 13 out right now. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. This is an exclusive. There's more episodes that the public doesn't even know about yet. Yeah. Oh, it's not over. All right. Well, I think that is an excellent introduction. Thank you, Andrew. And again, thank you for being here. And I got to say thank you. We love everyone in live chat. Hello, Sid and Sarah. Thank you for being here. We miss you too. I know that night school is happening and um, Callie is learning about food delivery outside of like pizza. She, they're explaining <laughs> Uber Eats to her and she is very excited about it. I got to say, my wife was the same way the first time that they were, they were we saw the commercial where they were like, just order this. She was like, Oh, we're doing that. <laughs> we did. Um, and before we get into our synopsis, which is going to be like maybe one, two sentences really quickly, we got to say Ricky D from Best Friends with Ricky D has, he's gone, but he has company with him this evening. And that's probably why he's gone. That company, I think, stepped on his um, his keyboard. So, <laughs> um, adorable. Ricky D I'm is babysitting an animal it's not a corgi but uh we're not going to talk about it because this is a pro dog podcast yeah i'll go ahead and keep that off of my keyboard from now on thank you i appreciate <laughs> this josh my friend if you don't mind give us the most brief summary that you can of episode five dark side dango all right jet reunites with his ex-partner to track down a recently rece released criminal while he's away spike and Faye try to pick up a quick job that was 
that was a lot harder than normal. Well, and the emphasis there should be on try, right? Because Spike and Faye do not pick a job up quickly they don't, at all. Do they even pick a job? <laughs> here's here's the deal, okay? I think this is the big thing for this episode, right? So let's talk about this first. This is the episode where we're getting all kinds of name drops and side characters. And I actually, I, I thought to myself right as this episode started and, you know, Jet's former partner is driving the car and complaining about how things are arranged poorly and it's discordant and it doesn't fit. I was like, oh, look, it's John T. Bolds driving this car in this episode. <laughs> um, and then, you know, Jet graciously explained to John T. Bolts, I mean, his former partner, why it's okay to have that kind of music with this kind of action. I just thought it was very fitting. The way that he describes it too is incredible because he's going into the 16th notes that go into triplets that it's like a very classical music description or jazz music like like he played before. And I respect that a lot because that's that's kind of my jam, you know? <laughs> right, and that fits so well with the jet that we know, right? Because he was supposedly wailing the blues since the day he was born in the original mm -hmm. series. So he would have that kind of, you know, the right kind of vocabulary to talk about the music in an intelligent way with, with you know, somebody who's pretty clearly a neophyte. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's an additional aspect to that relationship that I think makes it feel pretty realistic because it would be easy to call the ex-partner, I think, just a full-on trope, right? And... And I mean, I, I'm going to do that. He is. And I'm not, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, All the way through to the twist at the end, even, right? Like it's, it's yeah. full, full trope. Everything about <laughs> yeah. him is predictable and you've seen it a hundred other places and it, but that's the essence of Cowboy Bebop, right? This is all derivative of other things and, you know, paying beautiful homage to those things and writing love letters to those things. And then, executing them in a way that is different and new and you know has jazz with it and and again i i don't mean to bag on producer john t bowles last week's guest i just i thought it was very interesting that this week happened to start with somebody making sort of a, a similar kind of conversation as he was um but if you guys didn't notice this actually this episode actually um holds the record for most angles ever in oh. an episode of television 100 <laughs> percent. i guess that makes sense <laughs> Like I, I don't notice. This I is... enjoy it. I'm like, yes. Oh no! That's... Oh, I don't. That's cool. <laughs> I'm not upset with it. There was a lot of it, though. Like, yeah. Um. It was. I mean, right trying away. to like do a detective noir thing, so yes. they just they leaned Absolutely. into it hard. And the music, the music was just so noir, and it was amazing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Every time there's a chase, you get the overhead shot. Every time there's an yep. uh, object that you have to look at, it's a hard angle, a Dutch angle, right? With a shadow real yep. hard across it. Like, it, it's it's critical. <laughs> even even just, like, the contrast or the, the way that the mm -hmm. they filmed it, the color, you know, was... The sapia toning. Yeah, it's wonderful. I like that the car is pretty clearly, like not moving right like it's just on a gimbal or something and they're, they're like moving lights around i like that because you can it they that fits right for me personally i i think it fits the pastiche that they're that they're creating here um but yeah i i we we couldn't we couldn't not mention that but but we do have a pretty immediate tonal shift from that flashback into the show credits right that that theme song kicks in and they're like okay no we're back in regular bebop times now and we do, we get a lot of name drops for 
criminals and for bounty hunters here. Okay, Josh and Ricky, I I don't know if you guys took screenshots, but were there any names that stuck out to you guys? Because if there weren't, I will list a few of them. <laughs> Nate, I didn't write any down, but yeah, there were tons. So for me, the biggest one is on the list of criminals, the, the I think at the top is the Spanish brat Inigo. And as in Montoya, right? You, you kill my father, prepare to die. Uh, Fat Elvis, which is like, that one, yeah, Fat Elvis is probably my favorite. That's redundant. Uh, Tony the Chop. I his name. Something about that name is like, you know his deal. Like you know, you know what he does. Yeah, yeah. He chops yeah. people's arms off. He cuts limbs off with a butcher's knife. <laughs> It's a visceral name. I, it's, yeah, I'm not, I can't, um, it's weird, but, uh, yeah. So, and then to our friend in the live chat, Callie's point, we do get a list of cowboys here. I would like to point out one of them is Bailey the kid. How cool is that? And then the other one is cowboy Andy. We do get cowboy Andy technically name dropped here. Right. And he is not on one of, he's not on the list of cowboys that get removed later but i just very cool that we got a cowboy andy here we get mustache jackson which i'm gonna probably <laughs> add to one of you guys's intros i'm not sure which one now here's here's the thing i'm gonna ask you andrew mm-hmm. earl terpsichore mm-hmm. they said they said terpsichore or terpsichore or something they didn't say terpskiday like they right, said in the yeah. anime right so I think but, both pronunciations are actually wrong, right? Like it, it's Greek. I think it's a muse or something like that. It's right. Like terpiskery or something like that. But yeah. And but the spelling's right, right? <laughs> and like is part of the joke that it's mispronounced and also... My theory? You, you want me to go deep theory on this one? Yes, please. Okay. So, so my theory is that uh, one of the things that I like, I really like about... I have problems with the live action show, which we'll get into, I think, today. Uh, but one of the things I really do love about this show is that they go deep. They go deep lore. They are building a world here. And one of the things they did here was set up VT, right? Our, our favorite space trucker lady. Uh, mm-hmm. Her husband was a bounty hunter. Her last name was Terpskere, right? I don't remember the pronunciation already, but yeah. However, yeah. Yeah. And that's this guy. That's the Earl. That's the guy that got, he got like, what, six bounties in this episode? So yeah. they are setting him up to be somebody to remember. <laughs> somebody that, you know, a second season might have introduced even. Right? I want to know who they were going to get to play him. Just nine hours ago, it was posted that nearly 150,000 were just at about 150,000 signatures. I think we're at, I think we're close to 140, because that will put it uh, like on the front page, if I'm not mistaken. It should. But, <laughs> but, to Andrew's point, I it, it's it's one of the it's one of the parts of this that make me go, I want to know who they had in mind to play him. I want to know mm-hmm. who they had in mind to play VT. Mm-hmm. I think we may have talked about it on season two. I think somebody may may have mentioned uh, Gwendolyn Christie, who played Brian of Tarth oh. and Captain Phasma. Um, I think she would be a good VT, um, but I, it's a thing, alas, we will never know. I, but there is, there is a cool fun fact here just really quickly before we move past all of the criminals and all the, the cowboys. Um, so the Sutherland twins are actually, the photo of them is actually played by Kim Houston, the VFX editor. Both of those are just pictures of her in different outfits. That's (laughs) awesome. (laughs) And, uh, so I, I, I have to point this out, you guys, um, Mustafa Shakir's coat is brown. Um, that, 
makes him a brown coat. That makes Jet a brown coat. So in my heart, that is canon. So I, I I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw that out there. Um, Can I throw out a few more of the bounty names? Please. Yeah, uh, we had Jimmy Two Shits, <laughs> Stoner Stew, Kangaroo Kid, and Stella the Fella. Nice. Oh, I love these names. Right? These the, are great. The one that stuck out to me, the Schoolgirl Five. I would not mess with the Schoolgirl Five. <laughs> Go Go Yubari is in there. You know that, right? They'd probably link <laughs> up into a like Megazord kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I can dig that. I would watch that anime personally. <laughs> it it would probably be like a loving roast of the genre, but I would be I would be here for that. But okay, Absolutely. so uh Josh, were there any any other cowboys or or uh, uh criminals that you feel like you have to mention? Nah, nah, I think Ricky got all of them. So, he but yes, it is it is definitely making me just want Heavy Metal Queen with with all my heart. Now, I I I feel like we should maybe just jump back really quickly, Andrew, to something that you said. You said you have problems with the live-action series, and I don't want to be seen as the kind of host that doesn't allow people to air any problems that they have with the series. I don't want to be seen as the kind of guy that pretends the series is perfect because I'm not here to do that. What I am here to do, as I have said before, is to shower as much positivity as I feel onto the series because I feel like there is so much negativity out there. But I trust that you're not here to just be like, I don't like it, and that makes it bad. I trust that you have some some thought behind what you have going into this. So please, my friend, you have the floor. Sure. Uh, my biggest, yeah, exactly that. Like I watching through the show uh, again as a old school cowboy bebop person. You you have to turn off the things in your brain while you're watching it that says, "Hey, this is different, and I hate it." Right? Like you have to turn those off. Otherwise, you're being unfair. So it took a couple episodes to get through those things, and then by about around this part of the season, I think was when I really was feeling like, hey, this is kind of like, this episode is very clearly a, a, a like a remake of uh, Black Dog Serenade, right? It, it is a almost straight out, uh, Jet's story here is almost straight out taken from the anime, uh, including the uh, side characters in this one, right? And that's great. Like, I have no problem with that. Uh, but even then, at this point of the series, it feels like the show is doing its own thing. It's building its own world. It's building its own characterizations. I love that. Like, I, I want more of that. Uh, part of the problem I have with this show is clearly like a... I, I, so I, when Jesse, you and I were on Bebop Beat, another uh, podcast about Cowboy Bebop, I mentioned, and I've been thinking about this a lot since then, like I mentioned that I feel like these episodes are too long. Like, mm. it is a show that I want more of, but I think stretching things out to that 44, 35-minute mark felt like they, uh, it felt like there was a need to, like, throw things in without really having a fully formed structure in mind, without having a fully formed episode in mind. Uh, my complaint in this week's episode, mostly, is that, so we, we had three plots this week, all right? The A plot, Jet, Fab, you know, hunting down Udai. Uh, the mm -hmm. B-plot, uh, Faye and Spike trying to figure out, well, you know, how should we get paid this week, right? And then the C-plot, a little bit of the uh, the overarching syndicate storyline, right? We got uh, Julia and Vicious, right? Yep. And, you know, yeah, I have complaints about the Vicious stuff too, but they were fine this week. Honestly, it was okay. Uh, it was, you know, it's, it's the middle chapter. It's fine, right? <laughs> you right. just need to set this up, remind people that they're still here. Uh, 
the B plot to me felt like a missed opportunity. And I think it was a budgeting concern more than anything else, right? They spent a lot of time and effort in Jet Story and they felt that they could not spend that same effort on a fun, so imagine this world where we have a fun adventure uh, where Spike and Faye both listen to Jet's advice, team up, hunt down a bounty and still go through the same relationship beats. Right, still go through the whole issues of figuring out, like, hey, Spike doesn't trust Faye. Why? Well, let's have Faye prove herself not through a cool, you know, admittedly a cool story and a fun tango with a dog, but what if she proved it in action? Right? What if she proved it in a hunt? Right? I think that was a missed opportunity. I think that that's a problem when you when you tell us but don't show us. Right? It, it's rule number one in television. Right? So. In general, I would agree with that rule, um, and I and I will let you finish because I think uh, you deserve all the space. But I do, in general, agree with that rule, and I want you to know that. Please continue. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I, I like this. Uh, Angela asked the question here. Do I do I think they stretch the episodes this? Do I think they stretch the episodes out this long to allow aforementioned world building? So in well done television, you do both, right? Because mm-hmm. you, you're hit at two senses at the same time. You've got your audio and your visual. World building can be done through just a subtle thing in the background or, you know, like somebody getting into a cab in, in the right way, right? Things like that can add to the world building. A name drop here and there is also fine, right? Like, but it should never come at the expense of a good plot or a good characterization, right? World, world building should always be secondary to those things. It should always be present and it is important but number one, you've got to make these characters ring true, and you've got to make them fun and interesting, right? Okay, so there's a lot to address there, and I feel fully equipped and ready to address <laughs> all of it. But uh, Josh and Ricky, if either of you have anything you'd like to say before I start, I will leave the floor open to both of you. Yes, hard disagree. Um, <laughs> so the, <laughs> the, the B plot line was actually my favorite plot line of this story because they did their i to me like the the way that they um compared their stories and like got to know each other was like the egotistical side of them and them just being like oh well i'm i'm even even as far as like the rock paper scissors thing where Faye's like all right grandma you know just <laughs> just getting under his skin and doing everything she could i i to me i didn't i liked it I think better with them in an enclosed space, just drinking a bunch of, was that beer? Were they drinking yeah. space beer? Yeah. Yeah. It's actually a reference Cheap to a band. Space beer. Yeah. That, yeah. that, uh, that logo is a band logo. I, I had to look it up. Cause I was like, what is this? <laughs> oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. But, but seeing them, it, it just kind of reminds me of like hanging out with a new friend and just drinking a bunch of beers and getting to know each other. And like, you know, telling really fun stories and like, you know, there was a little bit of a of a of a scene too with Faye and doing the little dance and like she does the punch and then she comes out in that pose which I I almost chose that pose as my shot of the show mm-hmm. <laughs> but like for for me I really enjoyed the them being the more mellow but impactful character building and like team building scenes mm-hmm. um now I will say, Josh, I don't disagree with you because I love all the same stuff. But and and listen, you, I, I don't, I, I do see the point, and I would have absolutely loved it if they would have went out and like kicked some ass together, you know. But 
I, I still I just liked it the way it was. And so, so pitch it as a as a stakeout, right? They're hunting somebody down stakeout and they're stuck together cool. in a small place. Same yeah. exact beats, right? Same exact thing. But then you end it with a fun punch at the end, right? Sure. <laughs> so the point that I'm about to make is that I think Josh is saying, I like this. And that is cool, but that's not a that doesn't really address Andrew's point, which is which is okay. What I would say to address Andrew's point is a couple of things. First of all, the show I I think as as we're watching this time, because of the first time I watched through it, the thing that bugged me the most about it was the pacing, mm. especially on this episode. Honestly, because I was like, okay. Um, Black Dog Serenade isn't my favorite episode of the original series, um, but I don't dislike it. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like if I was going to say, if I was going to line them all up and I could only watch one, that wouldn't be the one I picked. <laughs> um, but I enjoy the heck out of it. And so I went into this going like, okay, let's see what they've got. And like you said, it's kind of shot for shot. This is probably the closest plot that we got from the anime, like as uh, a probably. direct, yeah. like with almost no deviation, right? And, I mean, there are new details about Jet, but almost none of those come into play. Like, his daughter's not involved in this story, you know, so it's it's pretty close. Um, but I realized partway through that the pacing isn't so much that it's like, of, of the show, Cowboy Bebop live action in general, isn't that it's slow. It's that there really are two episodes per episode. And <laughs> to your point, there's an A plot and there is that B plot. And so... I was really, really racking my brain last week because producer John had kind of bugged me because I was like, man, those are some really cool side character names and suggestions, and why why didn't we get to chase those threads? And I thought about it more and more and more, and it was like, you know, I don't think that we chase those threads because that's not who the show is about. The show mm-hmm. is about our three characters, and the first season is getting us to invest in those three characters. To that point, the Jet stuff, all works for me because I know it. It's comfortable. It's like a warm leather glove. I'm I'm happy to be there. I really love the space hookahs. I was kind of <laughs> wondering if maybe the one that he shoots is meant to be a reference to something. Like it looks very 70s or 60s. It gets me very Doctor me. Who vibes, right? Like it's yeah. like a Dalek or, or like a monster it's, running around in a BBC studio. It has studio. a level of camp to it that's <laughs> yeah. endearing for sure. Um, but. I I remember the first time I watched this episode going, why are they showing all these characters just get offed off screen? Like, what is going on? I'm so upset. And then I was like, I am being a total Josh right now. I'm like, <laughs> a, no offense. I'm going like, the serialization uh, potentials are getting ruined. And then I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, they're not. These are just side characters in our three main character stories, right? So I'm okay with it. And... I feel like this whole interaction between Spike and Faye actually fits because if you, I mean, let's, let's read it at, you know, real life face value, right? If real life is we are on the ship with them. So Spike has no reason to trust Faye at this point, actively should be mistrusting Faye Mm -hmm. at this point, right? Dude is a former hitman. So he's got a pretty high bar before he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll just work with you in a life-threatening situation, right? Like, he's with Jet because he knows the guy can handle the stress of being in a life-or-death situation. He knows that cops have to make, you know, split-second decisions, and he's used to stress and this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, Jet is a good man inside, despite, you know, sometimes bumping up against the system. So I feel like to have Jet give them an order, 
which we have seen. <laughs> he can't do that with Spike. <laughs> We've seen that specifically. To have him go do this and have Spike go, sure, and then totally not do it, I think actually fits really well. And then I think to have to have it be something so simple as Faye going, okay, if it's reputation-based, then here it is, which mm. adds another layer because Spike is living this new life, right? Spike Spiegel has clearly already built a reputation as a bounty hunter, even though he used to be fearless. And now he's, you know, he hasn't been Spike Spiegel for presumably super long at this point, but he already has this reputation built up. So it functions as the world building of him going this, this, and this, and her going this, this, and this. And then I feel like the flashback is almost there, the flashback to the tango is almost specifically there to address the criticism of why aren't we seeing any of these criminals mm -hmm. that they're talking about? Yep. They go, okay, fine. Here's one of the criminals. So it's them, it's almost them going, did you want a montage of criminals? Which, again, if you wanted that, that's fine. But I feel like so many people's criticisms come of this show in particular come down to I wanted a different thing than so, what I got. My thinking, and, and I'm not yep. I'm not okay. boiling yours down to that. Yep. I'm just saying I feel like that's an easy trap to fall into, like mm -hmm. you were saying at the start too. And I totally agree. But I think for me, it's like if you if you analyze it from a point of what did the original show do that I loved so much it made me care about these three characters and you know, a dog and a little girl who's a crazy good hacker. <laughs> um, and this episode does that again for this, for the characters for me personally. Mm. Now, having said that, like I said before, I don't disagree that normally I would say you have to show and not tell, but here it fits thematically because Faye is going, let me show you. Mm -hmm. And Spike is going, no, tell me. And she's going, I, like, I could just say whatever, you know? And he's like, tell me. And she goes, oh, this guy. And that works on him. So it, it fits for me thematically because Spike is demanding, no, I want you to tell me. I want you to give me a reason before we do the thing. And to your point, though, maybe they have them miss all those bounties as a way to go, yeah, it's valid to say, shouldn't they be out there chasing all these people they're talking about? probably because they're not making any money <laughs> so <laughs> I, I i feel like it's i don't think that you have an unfair criticism here um but I, it's a thing that didn't bump me is sure I yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think the same thing when when i watched it the first time it didn't bother me too much but, you know not knowing where they were going i, I, I don't think it bothered right. me too much it's only in the rewatch that i realized like oh you can you can get that same character moment oh so this this is the thought i just had just now is wouldn't it be more true, and maybe not more true to the live action Faye and Spike, but wouldn't it be more true to the Faye and Spike we want to see if they went after all of these bounties, failed for various reasons on all of them, and then came back bickering, and Jet has to now deal with these two children, right? Like, doesn't that feel more Bebop? <laughs> doesn't that feel better? <laughs> Again. <laughs> Maybe, but isn't that just what you're saying? Like you specifically just said, isn't that the Faye and Spike we want? Right, and yeah. <laughs> I can't rely on that because no, everybody is going to want a different thing. And based on the, the Spike and the Faye that we got, this is how they are. Like right, they would yeah. bicker endlessly before they got out the door. <laughs> like, and, and I love that about them. And I, 
again, it, this is a, I am fully willing to just say, hey, you and I would prefer they have gone in this direction or that direction. I'm cool with that. I don't think that's going to affect <laughs> our ability to discuss this at all. But I do think it's important to point out that like the, the uh, temptation to fall onto a subjective argument <laughs> as, as a marker of quality is so easy with this show, I think. And, and it's, it's a natural thing to do. But I, I feel like if you really examine the series, it fits so closely the original, which I also feel like I should point out, just, you know, to play both sides of the fence here and be the devil's advocate at the same time. Does it matter if it's close to the original series? So one of the things yes, no. in, in, in our show, <laughs> in our podcast, right, one of the, and you know, this wasn't exactly the intention from the beginning, but one of the things we realized we have to do is uh, understand how to adapt something, right? As a core identity of what we're trying to do. And in order to adapt something successfully, you have to understand what the original was attempting, right? And then what the constraints of the new medium you're trying to adapt it to are, right? And one of the keys, I think, to me for this, like, so, and it's fine to change what the core identity of the original thing is to match that new format. Like that, that is just a part of the process, right? A book does not tell, translate exactly to movies because, uh, you know, in a book, you can imagine it in your head on a movie, you have to see it on, on the screen, right? It has to be literal. Uh, the translation here, I would say like the translation from the anime to the live, to the live action was really more of serialization, right? The, the original anime, as we've been watching through it, the original anime is, very like weird it is a weird tv show <laughs> right like every week stuff happens in 22 minutes and you're out and then next week it's like well it's like nothing ever happened at all <laughs> like it, it's very strange and you know yeah, for sure that doesn't really work as a serialized television show right? and netflix wanted a serialized television show that's what they built but i do think that they missed some and you know the format has to change but i do feel like they missed some of the essence you know, in, in that translation. Not all of it's bad. Not all of it is successful. But it does annoy me quite a bit <laughs> when the first, when the original is so good. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and again, I think that that is a... I, I can't see it as anything other than subjective, right? Because the essence of... To me, and I think we talked a little bit about this last week with John T. Bolds. The essence of the show to me is Cowboys and Bebop. Like... And if it's Spike and Faye and Jet, and those characters are recognizable, and there's Cowboys and Bebop, it's Cowboy Bebop, right? Like, because the show is about improvisation and fun mix of genres and jazz and all that stuff. And so, I, for me, the translation is almost exact because the anime felt so much like it was designed to be, to feel like a live action noir thing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it was almost just, you know, hit rewind on the on the cell shading almost but before we go any further i want to ask ricky d from best flicks with ricky d would you like to jump in here because i know you're the argumentative type and and you haven't said anything for like minutes man well first thing i need to say is andrew's shirt is changing colors and i am freaking <laughs> out anybody that's in the live chat should be paying attention to andrew's shirt because like there <laughs> went Every couple of seconds, it legitimately changes colors. Other than that, I don't think I have a whole lot to add. So, um, 
Uh, I think I agree with pretty much everything everybody is saying. Uh, I am just in a position where I'm trying, where I appreciate this art that's being created. And I don't feel like I'm close enough to the creation of the art where I can say that I want it differently. I've just, I'm enjoying seeing it the way I do see it. So could it be better? I'm sure it could be better. Do I love what I'm seeing? I absolutely do. So that's kind of where I'm coming down on it. Josh, I feel like you've been biting your tongue. Where do you got? No, no, no. I'm good. <laughs> You're, the lighting makes I, you look really angry. No, I'm, <laughs> dude, I'm so tired. I'm like just <laughs> listening to you guys and enjoying the Josh drove a lot today. So, <laughs> I drove a lot. I'm I'm almost I, the wine man. <laughs> enjoying it. All right. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about, to the point of the translation, though, Andrew, I feel like Udai Taksim, the character, like like we've said, actually, I think we both mentioned all of the Jet stuff here, mm-hmm. 100%, like basically really? a direct translation, yeah. right? How do you feel about that portion of it? Is it a visual thing for you, or is it like, in the parts that you feel weren't translated correctly, are they... Is it just like a tonal thing or is it a visual thing or is it just, is it some sort of je ne sais quoi? I, I think it's that, yeah, it's the je ne sais quoi, right? It, it's that mm. sense of, uh, sometimes it's editing, right? I think I think a big thing of it is editing. I, I think my complaint that it's too long is exactly that. It, it's, 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 you're showing me too much without cutting down to the things that I need to see, right? Uh, Cowboy Bebop, and like, you know, it's possible. I don't know if this is true, but it's possible that, Cowboy Bebop, the anime, only works because it's only 22 minutes long, right? It might, it might just yeah. only work if it was 10 minutes longer. We might not enjoy this show as much just because, like, we're spending too much time with these people or it's a little too yeah. slow, right? It's, it's the same principle as a Lonely Island song. If they were longer <laughs> than three minutes, you would never no, laugh. I don't want a whole album of them. I want one. <laughs> I want one song. Right. Yeah. But have you heard yeah. a Lonely Island album? Because they're great. <laughs> that's the True. thing every single track absolute fire anyway, they're succeeding despite this them. fact yeah wonderful <laughs> yeah fact, i'm gonna go listen to some of that after this show like immediately after this show. <laughs> I'll, I'll make a tiktok video sorry andrew go ahead <laughs> the, uh, the so the parts about uh jet story i think were excellent are that it's a char- it's expounding on jet's character right it is uh, I will say that adding Kimi, adding, giving him a daughter was a brilliant move, right? Giving him stakes, giving him something that, that exists beyond the bebop, right? Exists beyond these, this crew. There's something important for him out there that he cannot be with. He has to be here. At, like, it's, it's just genius. That is excellent expansion of that character. Throwing on, so I, I just watched, uh, I just watched the original today, uh, Black Dog Serenade today. So it's kind of fresh in my mind. Uh, some of the things that they missed on and are absolutely sacrificable, right? Are our Udai Taksim in the anime is much more interesting. He's a syndicate assassin. He's this badass dude. He's got knives. He's, he got a lot of cool stuff. Doesn't matter. Drop all of that. That's fine. <laughs> like we don't need to see that here. That's fine, right? Uh, Fad, I like Fad in this show better, mostly because he seems much more personable. He's somebody that yeah. you do believe that Jet has feelings for. Right? Jet's, that sense of betrayal now is much more real. All of those feel good. Right? These are excellent changes. These are, are great ways to make this, you know, we, we talk about a lot. It's a, 
kind of a tropey, by-the-books, noir story. But because you ground them in these people that we know, it it works. It fits, right? Um, the uh, There's a scene where Fad is playing the harmonica under the bridge, right? Like, that's... <laughs> That that's awesome. Like I, I complain about the show being too long, but yeah, keep that in. I love that. <laughs> right? Yeah, that scene under the bridge was amazing, where they were on Europa and you could see Jupiter in the background. Mm-hmm. That was Beautiful. unbelievable. But I don't know. I just is there a piece of is there a piece of the for me the thing that changed the most? I think of of this. Other than you know, getting to see some of the characters that we that their names got crossed off on the screen, <laughs> the thing that definitely changed the most is the vicious storyline, mm-hmm. right? Because he's got we're gonna see different details and we're gonna see how he set everything up. We're gonna see him go to Mao and try and bargain, and her basically be like, "Do you understand that you have no leverage here?" <laughs> like, so, so this is a show that has encountered the hashtag "Not My Vicious" before, and. I have to ask, is this your vicious, Andrew? Uh, no, no, it is not. <laughs> um, I really love, I think this is from the, uh, the this is a pretty deep cut. So uh, this is from the, I, but actually I'm in the, in the exact perfect company for this because it's from the DVD commentary for Serenity, right? There, uh, there is a line in there about uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor, you know, future Academy Award, I think winner after this, uh, playing the operative in that movie. And one of the things in the commentary that they said was that there were more scenes with him. He showed up a lot more in this movie than was in the final print. And the reason that he's not in it more is because he is scarier when you don't see him. He is more terrifying by the implication of what's happening behind the scenes, right? Uh, that is the vicious I would have liked to see. I think that fits more the vicious of the anime. We see vicious four times in the anime, right? Right. Uh, that is not the vicious that this show is building. And that's not to say that's a bad thing. Like the vicious they're building as the uh, child of privilege, uh, the prince, you know, he's like the, the little Dauphin, right? Like he, inher- yes. I'm going to inherit the syndicate. The syndicate's mine, right? Like that, that's what this show is trying to build. And that's fine. Like, there's a story there. Uh, Again, uh, I've gone back and forth on it a couple times. I would like to see a second season just to see where that goes. Because I do think it was strong enough to be... So, you know, I I liked Julia's evolution. Like, I want to see where that goes, (laughs) right? More more than anything on the Syndicate storyline. Where does that end up, right? That's new. That's not something that the the anime could have done. That's not something the anime was interested in doing. And, and, you know, like, I, I maybe wasn't too happy with how we got there, but I would have loved to see where where you're taking it, right? Yeah. Well, and I, to that point, though, I feel like if we have, we had seen Vicious four times in this, in, in, in 10 episodes, people would have rioted. Like, wh- where is Vicious? I, like, why is he not in more scenes? You had so many, ch- you could have changed anything you wanted and you didn't put Vicious in more scenes. Like, wh- I mean, that's very coochie argument, though, right? Like, why? Well, where was that, though? I almost right, but that's what Ed was not. That's what I'm saying. That's the that's what I'm pointing to is like there's there's a a, an interesting like, and I'm not saying that it's invalid. I'm Mm. I'm just saying there's an interesting uh, 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 tendency for people to go, well, the original was this way, so so I don't like that the the change was this way, and and 
that's a like I said, that's a totally natural mm-hmm. thing to feel. But I don't, for me, I don't think it hurts the character in any way. Like I still, if anything, it makes Vicious a better character to me because I love Vicious in the anime because he's cool, right? But like the whole anime is cool. Like the whole, it just is cool. It's dripping with cool. There is nothing not cool. I think anime. vicious is something to be feared, though. At least you know in the anime, vicious is something, something. It's a force of nature, right? Vicious is not a person in the show. Vicious is something that comes in and murders and scares Spike, the guy that we think is Mr. Cool, right, and then disappears again, right? Like that. That's vicious, right? But that's but that's the vicious that we know, yeah. and and. And if we're not getting a one-to-one translation, if we're getting a remix, then maybe we're not getting that exact story, right? So if there's, if, and, and I think as we eventually learn, we try not to jump ahead in the episodes, but it, it never works. But as we eventually <laughs> learn, it seems pretty clear that maybe Vicious was not meant to be the main villain of live-action Cowboy Bebop, right? He was maybe the stepping stone season one villain sort of a thing. But it, it's, you know, I, I'm... I feel like the expansion of his character did did the character a lot of services because for me, I mean, like I said, to me, Vicious is like is a Sephiroth, right? He's <laughs> a mysterious the hair guy, and swords, yeah. <laughs> I, and and that's not a bad thing. Like I, I have no problem with that character, with the white haired badass swordsman, right? I love that character, mm-hmm. really, really do. Um, but. I don't know that there's a place for that character in a live action television show. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like him not being a character would be a problem. Right. I think that's true. But yeah. yeah. And, and like, but like an actually wordless psychopath wouldn't work super great on a television show. I don't think, but we didn't get that. So we can't really make that judgment. Mm. Right. We got this guy who really loves to talk. Now, that honestly if we're if we're being totally real, that could be part of what I love so much about this vicious is that he can't shut up just the way that <laughs> I can't shut up. So maybe it's a personal thing. But again, that goes back to what I've been saying. I feel like so much of the of the passion on either side of this show, either for it or against it, does come from such a personal place. And I think that's what makes this I, I think that's what makes this worth talking about, honestly. Sure. Because yeah. It's a show that you could look at and go, this was on for three weeks, and then it was canceled. So by virtue of that, there's no way it's good, right? <laughs> but but we all know better than No, that. it is not and, that, yeah. <laughs> and there's no way, there, yeah, and this, this specifically the audience for this show, I mean, we couldn't, we couldn't convince them if we tried, and we're not going to. <laughs> but I, I feel like most of the... Let's see. What's the word I'm looking for here? Most of the resistance that I've seen to this version of Bebop really seems to be rooted in this, like, this inexorable attachment to the source material, which I fully understand. Fully get it. It's an adaptation. That's going to be there. Um, But I am trying, and this isn't me saying, let's all do this, or this is the right way. I am putting this out there as a... um, a way to be fully transparent because we do try to do that with our listeners. A thing that I am trying to do is to watch things from a place of, okay, this is what we got. Why did we get this? And, and you know, why did they make these decisions? And I, I have to trust these people because 
I really like what I'm saying. <laughs> so it's it's like the the fun that I have with it, I think for me personally, papers over a lot of like what would be considered mistranslations. And 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 when I say I'm trying to watch things from a new place, a big part of that place, and this is huge for me as a Star Trek fan, honestly, I'm trying to watch things without concern for canon <clears throat> or continuity. Because if you watch, for example, Star Trek and you want it to make good, continuous sense all the way through, you will become very upset at some point. If you try to watch Star Wars and make it make good, continuous sense all the way through, you will become very upset at some point, mm -hmm. right? So, and I think I think we can safely say there are a lot of Star Wars fans <laughs> that are pretty upset right now. Probably majority um, at this point, yeah. <laughs> they are, Josh, you're muted, but there are just so many. Go ahead, Josh. No, Go I was ahead. just going to say, this. so uh, this episode... There's so much talk about the syndicate <laughs> and stuff. And I had just watched the new Book of Boba Fett. And they're talking all and about they the said syndicate, syndicate all the time. <laughs> they did, yeah. So, there have been times where I've gotten a little like, oh, man, syndicates. Which syndicate are we talking about? Uh, I do want to give a shout out to Roy, though. He was in the chat. I don't know if he's there anymore, but thanks for checking it out. Tomorrow is Quest Me. We moved this week for our guest because he uh, had band practice on Thursday night. So we decided to give the episode a few extra watches and move it move the quest me episode to saturday so make sure to come check that out roy and anybody else Woo! <laughs> and if you're listening in podcast land just go to youtube.com slash twist my arm podcast and watch the previous broadcast of quest me or search for quest me in any of your favorite podcast catching apps it will pop up now josh as a star wars fan <laughs> i have to ask you does canon matter josh um <laughs> The, uh, it it depends. I mean, it it just kind of depends. I don't know. As a Star Wars fan, it canon is a very um, what's the word? Uh, Tricky, fluid, sticky, fluid thing. Ah, um, nebulous. <laughs> it it just it. There are things that were canon before, and then were considered legends, and then now they're starting to bring legends into canon. And there's just it's great. You know, as a fan, getting more content and especially like this, these new series on Disney is are they're really cool. Um, but the, it is a little hard to keep up with. You know, if you're like a comic reader or you're a book fan and you try to read some of these books, you're like, wait, who's this Mara Jade character that Luke <laughs> apparently married and had kids with and started like, <laughs> what's going on here? Did Ben kill her too? Like, so it does get a little bit confusing at times but that's why you got people like us to help guide you through it and wikipedia yeah thank wikipedia. the maker for wikipedia i love wikipedia <laughs> ricky i think you had some thoughts on does canon matter yeah uh well for one we only have one season of cowboy bebop to thank extrapolate you. from and make canon so unless we're going to do a shot for shot remake we're doing this live action thing which is a kind of a cowboy bebop remix and as much as we're going to be able to keep true to the original it uh, there's only one season of it so we don't have enough information if we want to provide something new you're going to have to bend that canon a little bit so well and especially if they plan to mine that same one season of canon for season two of the live action adaptation right if they were going to go anything we couldn't fit in we'll pull from that you know maybe even you know i let's if we're dreaming let's say maybe for season three too sure and and 
and Andrew, I don't want to appear to be going, hey, man, it doesn't matter what they do with the adaptation. <laughs> I just, I, uh, for me personally, like, I'm honestly coming from a place of it's new for me to try not to worry about canon. Like, sure, yeah. Because I, I, again, like I said, specifically for Star Trek reasons, I'm trying to be like, okay, I don't, I think I should not care. <laughs> yeah, but I, that. I think that's healthier first, right? And, like, I, I think it's better yeah. not to care about canon. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think, I think the thing that's very interesting to me, personally and 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 i don't know if this is a, a counterpoint or if this is just an, a piece of anecdotal evidence it's probably the latter but for for me to watch josh sorry let me rephrase that for me to have pushed josh and ricky d through the anime series because again this is the first season of our show they've ever been excited to record going into <laughs> it the point of our show up to this point has been to get them to watch stuff they don't want to watch, mm. right? So they did not want to watch Cowboy Bebop. I told them both that, and they were like, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> literally, whatever. Like, we, we had a good time with Firefly, so we trust you. I'm sure mm. it'll be fine. And so for both of them to come out on the other end of, a, of just having finished watching Cowboy Bebop and go into this and to have... No, like, huge bumps of, like, continuity or, like, anything where they feel like this is so far off, I think speaks to the strength of the pieces that did get improvised into the parts that we know um, be because they are such new fans, right? They don't have, you know, 10 years of memories of the show to fall back on like you and I do. They're like, I just saw this last year, and I still love this and that. And to me, that's, like, that's a beautiful thing, and and... I Absolutely. think yeah. part of the reason I get defensive about the show is honestly probably because I don't want anyone to take that away from me and Josh and Ricky because right. yeah. we've never had we've never had a show where we got to watch it together for the first time together as it was happening like that's never happened for the three of us before so part of this is a huge like personal emotional journey for me and I think to pretend that it wouldn't that it isn't would be disingenuous. I'm a Star Wars fan. You, you can't take also that feel from like, I have really thick skin. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly <laughs> but but to that point like it's i mean there's no there's nothing in the live action cowboy bebop for me to be you know default loyal to if that makes sense right there's nothing for me to go oh i love every live action and netflix adaptation so i'm gonna <laughs> love this because uh <laughs> that is not the case even a little mm. bit um I really, and, but for me, I think this actually addresses your point, Andrew. The Did you see the live action Death Note movie that Netflix made? I did not, no. I don't know Death Note at all, okay. actually. <laughs> okay, okay, perfect. <laughs> what they did, the, the original series is 26 episodes, mm -hmm. okay? And they crammed 90% of that original story into it, like a, an hour and maybe 45 minute movie, okay. yep. which is like, okay, now you're changing the form of the thing, like you were mentioning, and, and you're changing the format, which is going to change the essence of the thing, mm -hmm. right? And the, the change of the essence there was deeply, it felt disrespectful for some cultural reasons. <laughs> um, it, it felt, uh, icky for some quality reasons um so i feel like i feel like we have to acknowledge that netflix is in the business everybody right now is in the business of mining every pre-established property they can find for an easy 
you know, however, however quick and a boost in ratings they can get. We're, right? we're in a nostalgia war. Yeah. Right. And I feel like for us to get this version of Cowboy Bebop out of such a cynical environment, and I'm not saying that the, the series was made from a cynical place. I just, I think the environment of let's remake everything we can is kind of a cynical thing, right? For us to have gotten this out of that, I think is nothing short of a very small miracle. Oh, yeah. Because yep. the quality here, I think, overall is is huge. Now, I am fully willing to accept that the show will not be everybody's favorite thing. I have no problem accepting that personally. Um, but I do think that huge fans of the original show should have so much to love about this. And I think a lot of us do. Mm -hmm. Right. And I know, and like you've said, there's a lot about the show that you do like, but I, I do find the things that people bump on interesting. And I hope that nobody has taken from this that like, Andrew, why aren't you watching this how I watch it? Or like, you know, why are you, why are you so mean to Cowboy Bebop? It's I. This is my favorite kind of conversation to have. Is one where it's like, hey man, what bumps you? Because I pretty clearly am too smooth to hit the bumps, right? Like in a smooth-brained way, not a not a cool way. <laughs> like, oh no! Yeah. <laughs> now, now I would say like for for the, the things. That's the thing. Like. It's better, and you know, I think there is too much hatred of things in general, but <laughs> it's better to hate something than to be indifferent to it, right? And I think it's especially true about something that is, something that is, so, so you know, if you, you, shoot, you shoot for the bullseye and you're way, way off, it's like, well, maybe your archery is not for you. But if you shoot for the bullseye right. and you're just a little off, it's like, it's like, okay, let's talk a little bit. Let's, let's work on this. Let's, let's. Let's be more critical. Let's be more in depth, right? Let, let's talk about the things you can do to improve. Let's talk about the things that I don't like about what you're doing, or that I wish you'd done, or that like because I care, right? Because I, I'm right. I, I would like the next, you know, when when John Cho is playing, uh, you know, John Noble's part in this show in, in 40 years when we remake Cowboy Bebop again, like. Like, well, what would I want them to actually cover at that point? How would I want that show to be when, in our, you know, virtual TVs or whatever that we snort or something? Right. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah, I, and, and, and I think that for me, it's like, that's the thing that, that surprised me, I think, about the backlash, right? Was because, mm -hmm. like, when I talk to you, I can, I can feel the passion that you have for the original, and I can tell, you know, that you have put time and energy into this series. And, and I mean, I mean, dude, you're creating a tabletop <laughs> game based on the original series. And that takes serious work. Seriously. Because I want to live and play in that world. Yes. No, it's, it's, yeah, uh, it's, that's pretty, yeah. Well, I, I might need to talk to somebody about that. Yeah. <laughs> dude, no, no, no. It's the kind of immersion that I'm fully here for and I can totally get behind. And, and, and like I said, I don't play tabletop RPGs and I love your show because it is so intricately interesting in, in a you. mechanical yeah. <laughs> and analytical way and and it's one of those so like sometimes when i when i listen to other podcasts i go oh i feel like i learned something and i'm smarter now when i listen to your podcast i go i feel like i could have learned something <laughs> but a lot of it <laughs> went over my head right but like but your analysis of structure and story and the way that fits to mechanics is gold and solid mm. and i that's part of why i brought you on because i knew that you would have thoughtful things to say um but I, I i think that that was specifically your your passion exemplifies what surprised me about the backlash to the show right is because there weren't more people like you going 
I love this world. How can we make this better? There were so many people going, everything about this mm-hmm. is bad. They yeah. have failed in every way. It is a travesty. It's an insult. It's It ruined what there already was. And it's like, dude, hyperbole? Like, much? Come on. What What is going on here? So I, and I, and I feel like the air quotes correct way to feel about any given thing, right, is that it could be better and it could be worse. Mm-hmm. And and I think anybody to say, for anybody to say this is the best thing ever made would be disingenuous. For anybody to say they didn't try and it was soulless is equally, if not more disingenuous mm-hmm. personally. Yep. Because actually to that point, you know what? Everything is somebody's favorite thing. So I would yep. not be upset if, if somebody wanted to argue the opposite point of that. But I just, I, I gotta say, Andrew, it is so refreshing to hear somebody with criticisms about this show not be just just like like, whiny. Yeah, like (laughs) it's it's not vitriolic. It's not like a a I don't know what the word is for it. I try not to be reductive in other people in in the way that I address people who complain about things because we just we we try to be positive here and that doesn't mean that not yeah. being positive is the bad way it's just that it's not yeah. our style josh i'm sorry i cut you no off. you're good I've, I've talked to some people that just didn't watch it because they just automatically assumed it wasn't going to be good and and it is like it is really good in its own right you know it's it's not an exact replica it's a we've said it all all season it's a remix and it's and it's a really fun remix of everything and there are <laughs> Now that you bring it up, like again, you guys, you guys, I've been really enjoying listening because there are a lot of missed opportunities and stuff with the show, and even in in further episodes or ones down the road, there are some. Now I'm going to be looking for that kind of stuff. Thanks a lot, Andrew. Josh, (laughs) sorry, I don't mean to yuck your. No, 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 that (laughs) that specifically is a subjective thing. No, that missed opportunity is a thing. Is is it a subjective thing? It it is, and and it's just something that maybe like I, I don't. I, I wish I looked into missed opportunities m- more in other properties other than Star Wars, because like <laughs> that's there are so many missed opportunities there's a tradition there, there though just, yeah found away. <laughs> but when it comes so, to other things, like I just I really enjoy things for for what they are, and I'm I'm a kind of a different breed though because I'll I'll hop on Netflix and be like, what's this movie? Oh, two star. I don't give a shit. I'm gonna watch it, and then I usually end up enjoying it, and it's just because yeah. It, a lot of times when I'm watching something alone, I get more engaged in the story and I, I get more involved in what the writers and the storytellers are trying to get across. And and I think that's that's a lot of what Cowboy Bebop is for me is that I just really enjoy the writing and how things, things play out. And I was so disappointed when it got canceled because I do really like the serialization of this. I do really like the fact mm-hmm. that it's yeah. episode by episode, there's a different story. I loved the anime, but that was a constant gripe of mine. It was like, last week didn't matter. <laughs> just tell one story. What happened to the fridge? Yeah. <laughs> You're just not going to talk about that ever again? We'll never know. <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> and, so, and that's great in its own right, too. I love that stuff. I mean, I, I'm i a big fan of Animaniacs. I watch that stuff all the time. And like, I, I don't have to have my stuff serialized necessarily, but it is really, it, it's the way that I really like shows it's, it's something that i really like about different series and stuff yeah. like that is that serialization and so this was a new new look at cowboy bebop and i was so excited to see where they were going to take it but then obviously yeah. here we are so again i i do like i fully agree with with both of you guys on on multiple points um most all of them i have like, to ask you josh hmm. last week i'm sorry to no you're good but last week i only do it because i love you 
last week you were like hey john that's a good point this guy is always like hey don't you love this thing and i'm like yeah i do love this thing and you're always pointing out the good things about it you're making me like it what did you mean i was making you like stuff you like (laughs) stuff of your own accord the point of the show is for me to put things in front of you and then you either decide you like it or not decide you like it not for you to go this is your fault that i'm enjoying this no 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 (laughs) josh you can blink blink twice if if jesse's coercing you in any way like it's it's okay you're in a safe place (laughs) no it's never anything like that i mean it's it's all it's all in fun because Jesse, like he, I, I usually enjoy the stuff already, but then Jesse makes me enjoy it even more because he has such a, a good way of diving into things. He's very how dare very he with his with his podcast. <laughs> no, he's such a jerk. But but it's wonderful, and I that's that's it. something that I, I really enjoyed about this whole conversation is just listening to you guys go at it <laughs> and and have a, a good a good solid <laughs> thank you. you know. Oh, a debate, not a not an argument, because there's been a lot of arguments that I've seen about this show. And even yeah. I was talking to a kid that just kind of started to argue with me because I was like, did you watch Cowboy Bebop? And he's like, did you watch Death Note? I'm not going to watch Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> totally fair. What? Like, it's it's totally yeah. different. And I mean, yeah. even from I, the get- but I oh, understand like the impulse. Were, I, yes. I do, too. But again, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't go into episode nine saying, did you watch Last Jedi? <laughs> <laughs> I I think you actually did, but I appreciate that, Josh, because that I think I think that really really does help to to communicate the essence of our show, right? And it communicates the essence of I think of of our relationship, you and I uh, personally. Um, so, really quickly, let's spotlight some some wonderful chit chat here that we have going on in our live chat. Our poor wonderful friend Callie D. I'm having cereal. I have neither bubble tea nor noodles and no way of acquiring oh. at 5.30 a.m., so this will have to do. She also has three days off, so, you know, take those complaints with a grain of salt. We are <laughs> very excited for you, Callie D. That is going to be a very fun weekend. Speaking of fun weekends, our friend Phil K., a Cowboy Bebop super fan, is going to be reading the prequel tie-in novel this weekend. Please, Phil, when you are done with that, if you could just mail that to, um, like, Ricky D., who could then mail it to me when he's done with it, just just an idea um our friend angela says dream big or go home and i feel like that was probably in (laughs) reference to us talking about this adaptation versus the netflix adaptation that has also been mentioned at least once our friend angela's does come to us from the alita battle angel fandom i have yet to see a little alita battle angel but i have been told multiple times that it is a excellent example of an adaptation done right uh, i believe james cameron was involved if i'm not mistaken which should perk up ricky d's ears from best flicks with ricky d he's all about big names in the directing industry of course if i'm not mistaken <laughs> big michael bay fan are you <laughs> some some kind of boat i don't i don't know some some boat movie i don't like scorsese uh kubrick. cameron kubrick i could not remember that name thank you um he he did that space movie, right? Yeah. So there was, I I just I think it's really cool that we have people in Germany, we have people in Australia, we have people in Colorado. We've got just this is this is Andrew. If I'm not mistaken, you're a West Coast guy. This yep, is California. This is just yeah. I I love the found family that is sudden but inevitable, and I love that these people show up every week to hang out in our live chat, and I feel like I've been kind of neglecting to say hey to the live chat so thank you guys for being here and hey what's up live chat you guys are looking really good if i may now before we get into our segments for this week i feel like we should 
Do we even talk about this episode? And we should. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, Andrew and I discussed how the plot of this episode is basically that of of you know, uh, uh, Black Dog Serenade, where yeah. where Jet and his partner go after this guy, and then it turns out Jet's partner is dirty, like every noir cop ever, mm-hmm. and he betrays him, and of course. You know, the guy that Jet hates, who's always smiling, is the guy that lets him off at the end of this, which just adds insult to injury. Chalmers is the one that shows up and he's like, hey, dude, I'm going to let you go because, wow, your luck is bad. And <laughs> just, you just killed I the will only see guy you at your house. Yeah. But, you know, so hey, blues. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll let your ex-wife know that you're OK. So see you later. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I do have a couple of fun scenes that I would like to go back and discuss briefly. Certainly. There was uh, the scene where Jet and uh, Fad go into that hookah bar. And uh, one of my favorite points is when they get back there to Dagmar. They pull his uh, his dentures out and they start popping <laughs> teeth off of it as if they're pulling teeth out of a real person to torture them. And, and he was screaming like it was hurting. Screaming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was yeah. mostly, it was a financial hit is what he was concerned about. But yeah. it really, it worked out to be the same as if somebody, some gangster were to walk in there and start yanking teeth out of your mouth to get information. And we got the same effect, right? Like the guy is in pain. He's like, please, no, it's still brutal, but there's no <laughs> blood. And I don't have to be squicked out, which I deeply appreciate. Now, <laughs> I'm actually glad that you brought that scene up, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D, because it does clarify that you know they said hookah, and I'm glad because oh, they were please. selling them secondhand. I, I have more to go with exactly oh. what you're saying. <laughs> so okay. the first time I watched this episode, uh, not first time, but for this podcast, I watched it on Monday, and he walks in there and they go, yeah, we've got Angel Neville on sale and also 30% off hookers. And I just sat there, <laughs> and I, I wrote it down, and nothing really else came of it. And I spent the whole week going, secondhand hookers. What could that <laughs> possibly mean? And, you know, maybe it's some kind of like robotic hooker that needs to be uh, repaired. And that's what they're going to do. I can't quite figure it out. And then I'm watching again tonight, right before the podcast. And I hear 30% off hookahs. And I just started cackling at myself. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, now I know why this is your favorite episode. Okay. Uh, so in, in a future space society, resources are scarce and we must recycle. Apparently. Um, <clears throat> X9 infused opium that they were smoking. Uh, X9, is that familiar? X9 feels like it's from some specific sci-fi. Oh, X9, genre. yeah, yeah, festivals, man. You get the X9 at the festivals and stuff. That stuff's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> please tell me you're kidding i am totally kidding what okay all right sweet yeah no that's that feels like a like a 1958 sci-fi rocket to the moon like this is the x9 it will take us at mach 5 yeah for sure well adventure brothers it was the x1 and the x2 and oh oh you're right immediately i was like it was the adventure brothers but it but it was not oh Actually, really quickly, this this scene where they are comparing, literally comparing battle scars, uh, that is a remix of my favorite piece of cowboy bebop music, which is Don't Bother mm. None. And I am a shameless evangelist for that song. Go look up the long version of Don't Bother None on YouTube. Just leave it on repeat. You'll thank me. If, if you don't like that song... You and I, if we're ever in the real same space together, we'll probably not be standing close to one another. 
Just throwing it out there. <laughs> now, I I would like to open the floor again. Uh, Andrew, if you have anything about this episode that you feel like we should talk about before we get into our... Didn't Ricky have a couple other ones, though? Did you have any other ones, Ricky? Uh, Andrew can go first. I assumed they were all hooker-based. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, no, I love uh, the... So I've been watching The Wire, you know, the oh, HBO cop drama, thank right? You. Like, uh, I'm, I'm only about three seasons in, right? And it's amazing. but And it is, like, the, the highest form of the cop drama, right? Uh, I love that these shots, like, so then them beating up the, the guy by just pulling out his teeth is a nice send-up of that kind of scene, that kind of show, right? Uh, them hanging out underneath underneath the bridge, playing the harmonica, drinking. I mean, in this case, they were just eating, right? They were just eating dinner. But but that is, you know, some of my favorite scenes in The Wire are them sitting on the railroad tracks on the car, just drinking, right? Like, that's, uh, I love that kind of, you know, it might not be a direct reference. It's probably a reference more to the trope than to the show. But, you know, that speaks to honesty, right? Yeah. Uh, we talked earlier about all the angles, <laughs> all the uh, the Dutch <laughs> angles, the overhead shots, the chase scenes, like all all of that. The the harsh lighting, yeah, just just beautiful, like honesty to the the things. So again, one of the things that Cowboy Bebop the anime did best was remix a genre, and yes. they did that perfectly here. Like they 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 knew what this show was about, they knew what Jet's story was, and they hit it. Like they nailed that. Yeah, and. I just will t- I'll touch on this one last point one last time. I think the reason that because I think we do have to admit the pacing on this episode is the slowest of the series. And I think that is because Spike and Faye are in one location the whole time. It like that piece of it could be a bottle episode if they were two separate episodes, yes. right? Yep. So I think that that intercut with something you know happening but in a deep sapia tone with a lot of dark angular shots is what makes the pacing feel a little bit slower um Mm -hmm. and i and i do it does make me wonder now if i were to start watching again would i notice that there are distinctly two plots per every episode and i Mm -hmm. i I probably would but i i do really I, i appreciate that you and i both picked i think we all picked up on that just like wow this looks like that episode which looks like every noir i've ever seen mm-hmm. um if you don't have anything else i will go back to ricky d otherwise go with whatever you've got next ricky d i'm sorry i interrupted you uh oh great uh another one that i wanted to throw out there uh vicious when he goes and talks to that woman in like that steel forging factory i was getting a lot of game of thrones vibes from that uh talking about like <laughs> inheriting and talking about like removing certain family members so you can take their position. And it was really interesting. It kind of feels like the syndicate works on like this old world feudal system. And I really like that little bit. I thought you were referring to the molten steel, uh, like a crown for a king. And I was like, that's a pretty specific I thought you were referring to the the eunuch taking people's testicles. That too. (laughs) Absolutely. All very Game of Thrones. Wait a minute. Is this just Game of Thrones? <laughs> I think that's honestly what they were trying to do, and this is the first time I've thought of it that you way. The, like crazy okay. queen that's you know doing her thing. So. Okay, let's talk about the guy that takes people's testicles. Um, <laughs> that's unit. a new character, right? So, um, let's start with Andrew. Andrew, what do you think about the eunuch? <laughs> so, okay, so this fits really well with the story. I think they're trying to tell about the syndicate here, like that. 
uh, if vicious, this vicious makes sense in the world where this eunuch makes sense, right? Yes. They are hotheads. They are somehow put in charge of the syndicates, like lower levels, right? And and are going to be expected to graduate up at some point, probably, right? Like, yeah, like it seems to be a world where you need to make a name for yourself. So th this might be what's happening. Vicious uh, doesn't understand that everyone else is playing a game, right? Uh, Mao and and the eunuch are actually sane people, but have to show off how bad they are, right? So they kind of up this marketing game. Of like, oh yeah, he took some guy's balls. Like, oh yeah, she's she won't take shit from nobody, right? She will she'll demand you know Julia sings, right? Right. Uh, Vicious doesn't get that they're all just pretending and is like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to kill everybody. I'm just going to be mean to everyone. Like, he doesn't get that they're just marketing. <laughs> like he needs to actually, you know, he needs to manage up a little bit, right. In order to get promoted. <laughs> right. He, I, but, and, and actually that's not far from how I read him. Right. He's the, he's the guy that's like, you were just given this job, weren't you? Like you don't mm -hmm. actually, like you enjoy parts of it, but you're actually just a little bit unhinged. Like, yeah, I, I, I got to vicious uh, our friend phil says vicious grew up in it and believed every word of it <laughs> which fits you know and if and, you know and if some of these are are some some of these stories are told through character perspective i think that would actually fit because he definitely is pretty sure he's in control of what's going on and as we will come to learn that is not the case uh <laughs> josh do you have anything else you feel like you have to discuss before we get to our segments I don't. Um, we've we've covered pretty much everything. I the the newer story was basic newer story, and it it ended yeah. the way that you would think it was going to. You know, I I never had any thought that it was going to be Chalmers. I knew it was his partner the entire time. Um, the music Chalmers would be too. Yeah, easy. the music of this episode was incredible. They went a different direction, um, a lot of ways, with with things like you you know there was obviously the uh, remixes on some of the songs, but. I feel like a lot of it was kind of new. Like there was some, there was like some, uh, what do you, what do you call that? Like a zoot, zoot suit riot kind of stuff happening there at the <laughs> beginning. Um, and then just some other really cool jazz uh, callbacks and stuff. It was, I, I really enjoyed uh, that, th that music <laughs> of this episode for sure. I want to get the whole soundtrack. I need to go, Dizzy and Bird, I need to go find yeah. it so I can actually oh, yeah. like listen to it and, oh, yeah. and like, you know, Pick it apart a little bit. <laughs> mm -hmm. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Are you ready to go to the segments this week, or is there anything else that you'd like to drop? I think we should go to the segments. All right. Well, then, with that, we will start with our first segment, which I am very proud to introduce. It is called Shot of the Show. Shot of the Show, as you know, is where we share our favorite visual moments from this week's episodes, those moments that now live rent-free in our heads. Let's have our guest, Andrew, go first. Josh, please give us Andrew's time code, and then, Andrew, talk about this shot for us. It's at the 25-minute and 36-second mark. It is this guy right here. Yeah, we, we talked about this a little bit earlier, the, the Jupiter Rise, right? The, actually, we brought this up a couple times now, but, uh, like, the two cops sitting under the bridge, and, you know, that's such a trope shot. Yeah, you know, we're you know we're hiding, we're waiting, we're looking for information, we're trying to figure stuff out. But you throw Jupiter into the background of that shot, and you've made it uh, something special, right? <laughs> you've you've made it that that reminder that we are not at home. Like we've seen the story before, but we've not seen it this way, right? And I think that's uh that's the kind of remix I like, right? Like we didn't talk about it too much here, but something that comes up a lot on on our show is that. Uh, 
you know, a lot of the technology is the future via 1998. So mm. things like cell phones barely exist. Uh, there's a lot of, almost like the old Star Trek, there's a lot of switches and dials and knobs rather than touchscreens. Yes, right? physical buttons. Yeah. Uh, this is that. This is one of those things that I think is core to Cowboy Bebop. It is a mix of the old and the new, and and this shot, you know, being gorgeous, just stood out to me in that same way. And I don't know what the model is on that vehicle, or if that vehicle is an actual maker model, but it reminds me of a Bel Air. I mean, it's got mm -hmm. fins, yeah. it's got lines for days, it's got a beautiful back end to it. Now I sound yeah, weird. it does. Um, <laughs> Speaking of that back end, did you guys notice the license plate on that vehicle? <laughs> 357 mag. <laughs> so, if we could, Josh, please bring up Ricky D's shot of the show. Give us the time code and then Ricky, talk about it. Yes, it comes up at the 21 minute and 37 second mark. All right. This is, uh, as we mentioned earlier, this episode is just full of angles and silhouettes and this this dark noir story. And when I saw Jet and Fad coming through this door, there's spears of light coming through them. Uh, this is when they're leaving uh, Dagmar's office. And there's also like this really nice streak of color on the right side. It kind of, uh, it epitomizes the rule of thirds. Mm -hmm. And it's just a really, really good shot. I have to agree with you. It's definitely got probably some of the most color in, that this episode has in, in the Jet storyline, right? We get some color with Spike and Faye for sure. Um, but this this is the uh, beaded curtain in the hookah lounge, and they are you know walking mm -hmm. out toward it. And yeah, the camera just will not sit on a level plane in this episode. <laughs> nope. And I appreciate that. Like I love the stubborn refusal of this camera to sit flat. It it just will not do it. This episode holds some kind of record. It's like watching an episode of television through coffee. And that somehow doesn't bother me at all. Like, it, like just there's... rubbing coffee grounds into your eyeballs. Yeah, and like our friend Phil in the chat says, the dust in the air, it adds a true sense of physical atmosphere to the show, right? We're, we're seeing those spears of light, as you so eloquently put, my friend. Josh, if you don't mind, share with us your pick for Shot of the Show's time. Yes, yeah, so it comes in at the 34 minute and 30 second mark. I did this one for the ladies. No, I actually did it because yeah. I love this scene where Spike... It's like he finally respects her after taking a shower bath. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I get it. I finally get it. And I have so much more respect for you. And Faye's like, all right, all right, I can deal with this. And hands him another beer. And all they've been doing this whole episode is just handing each other beers. And and it was just, you know, fitting. And he's so excited to hear about a loofah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> please, please tell me about the loofah. And she's like, oh, it's this incredible thing, blah, blah, blah. If you really want to go hard... I do. I really do. You should get a loofah on a stick. Like, it's so good. I believe the phrasing was, if you want to get rip shit wild. Rip shit wild. <laughs> yes. <do>. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me of that because that's like that was almost my line of the show, but I couldn't yeah. do the same thing. <laughs> now, <laughs> the thing that I love about this is that he only believes her about her shower bath shower anecdote after she explains... I bagged Roland Dupree, who was an impossibly dangerous criminal who chewed off his own fingerprints. Then Spike goes, tell me about that shower idea you had again. <laughs> like, oh, okay, well, if you can do that, then I'm willing to listen to basically anything you have to say, which is a beautiful illustration of the kind of bar that a former mob hitman would set for people, right? Like, okay, you took down a vicious killer? I'll listen to anything you have to say. And I love 
her. We'll we'll get into it. We still have some time left in the show, but I love her story of how she beat Roland Dupree. Mm-hmm. Okay, Josh, please give me my own time code. I never remember it, and then I'll talk about Justice the shot. comes in at the eleven minute and forty second mark. Oof, what, like what even is there to say? Just damn. Like this man has more style reading a fake newspaper on a moon of Jupiter than I possibly have had in my entire life. Like the lines on the suit are perfect. It's not a normal suit. It's got a little bit of a weird lapel cut to it because it's the capital F future. And his hat though is just nothing but classic. And this is the aforementioned brown coat. So firefly tie-in, how cool is that? I just, this to me really exemplifies a lot of what I love about this show, which is the visual everything. Like, I know that that's one of the things that is held up as, here's where it failed. I disagree wholeheartedly. Visually, it's perfect. There are complaints to be had elsewhere, for sure. But for me, visually, this thing is perfect. This shot of Jet in his coat waiting for his old partner to drink on the hood of this car that says 357 mag on its license plate. <laughs> like, this is the most noir thing ever. There are two colors in that shot, black and brown. That is it. And it's gorgeous. So with that, why don't we go ahead and move into our next weekly segment, which is called No Finer. Do, what, do you what, want to do what? the guests? No, the, not the guests, but the uh, we had a special, like... Uh, oh, my gosh. Josh, thank you so much for reminding me. I was like, dude. Andrew went first. What are you talking about? I guess, but our our live chat. Uh, Before the show even started, Angelus came in and was like, this is my shot of the show. This is my line. So I got it up for him. Our friend Angelus has contributed to the show yet once again. And because we care so much about our live chat audience, as you may have heard, we went ahead and pulled that shot. Josh, go ahead and share that shot. Yeah, yeah. it's at the 40 minute and 39 second mark. And it's badass. Like, this is what you do in a noir, (laughs) right? This is what this is what happens when you shoot someone. You throw some money on them or you throw a towel on them and you go clean yourself up. And like, you just, just move on with your day because that's that's. What what badasses do? <laughs> they also stay true to their bets. Correct. Yep. I, right. Yep. Code of honor. Yeah. Jet does not let things go. No. We know that not about him. So I just yeah I, and 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 yes maybe to Angelus new question is Faye buttering Spike up so he'll tell her about the cosmonaut maybe, but we don't know. That's in season two. So we need to hashtag save Cowboy Bebop and get hashtag more Bebop. Josh, my friend. My longtime co-host, producer extraordinaire, if you don't mind, lead us into our next segment, which we like to call No Finer One Liner. No Finer One Liner, as the name implies, is where we share with you our favorite moments of dialogue from this week's episode. Let's maintain the pattern and have Andrew go first. Josh, if you don't mind, hit it. Cat food's better than no food. Love it. Yeah. Uh, This... Reminds me of one of my favorite lines from the anime as well, which is hunger is the best spice. I'd love to be reminded that they're hungry, right? I think that is uh, yes. on Bebop Tabletop also. Like part of the game, one of the reasons why our game is not just Dungeons and Dragons uh, is because in Dungeons and Dragons, your characters never go hungry. Not really. Your, your, mm-hmm. your game is about growing more powerful so you can take on the big bad guy. Cowboy Bebop is not that. Cowboy Bebop, they're already pretty powerful but they're getting hungrier and hungrier and losing fuel and they're getting never, I think at our, our count, right? So I don't know on the live show at this episode, how many bounties, how many bounties have they pulled in? 
Uh, it might be two. Two, right? And probably close to, let's say, less than a, less than a million woos, right? Like, oh, at this point, yeah. right? Yeah, by a mile. Yeah. So, so that's that's where they're at all the time. And I love those reminders because it, hmm, it, it's, it's my favorite part about the show, I think, that they're always just broke. <laughs> there is nothing that is more maximum bebop than minimum food. And, and <laughs> that has been a running theme through both. And what a perfect translation to your point. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And if I may, Andrew, I just have to say, um, you know, there are people on this show, Sudden But Inevitable, that could learn a thing or two from you about picking a line for this segment. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> um, so, Josh, if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and play Ricky D's pick for No Finer One-Liner this week. You'll never know true power until you've tasted the testicles of a man who's wronged you. Pick, that was uh, mm-hmm. pretty much, that's the only line that uh, <laughs> the eunuch threw out. Uh, but it was just, I saw that. I had to write it down. It's <laughs> very, it's, it builds this extremely evil, extremely gory character. And he, he ate somebody's testicles after he carved their flesh off their body. <laughs> uh, speaking of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I think you're right because it, there is the argument to be made that like, really? That's a little over the top. This character has been on screen for four seconds. But, <laughs> That's the essence of the show and the character and the point of the cowboy bebop, right? Is that it is over the top. It's maxed out trope world. It's ultra derivative love letter to all of the genres and tropes that we've loved before. And I think this is a perfect illustration of that because this is not a realistic character. This is not a character where you go, oh, here's the guy that eats balls, right? You're like, oh, uh, okay, I've heard people referred to as the eunuch before. Um, that has never been the reasoning <laughs> behind it ever, I don't think. <laughs> so, um, but you know, I well done, Ricky D. That was that was what like five seconds long, man. Well done. I'm I'm impressed. Very good job, Josh, my friend. Please share with us your pick for no finer one liner. Crap! Shit! Crap! Is that like shower bath shower? I just like the sigh at the end. She's just so upset that he's like, really? Really? Mr. Rock, paper, scissors, old lady. Like, <laughs> it, it, and yeah, it was a per- it was perfect timing. It's like the circle, you know, and when you're doing comedy, you always got to circle back around. And it was a really good time joke. Well, time joke. And that's their dynamic that's the the relationship building right yeah that's mm-hmm. them starting yep. to give each other the right kind of a hard time they're having a fun little back and forth and i yeah i just and it fits because it is it is like shower bath shower you can see that that's pretty clearly where she figured out that structure for things and then applied it to that <laughs> um thank you for noticing that Callie d it means the world to us it really does um, ricky d's character development this season learning what a one-liner is roasted boom okay josh if you wouldn't mind please share my one-liner with uh, the folks and after i took his brass cat i whispered Dip me. play dead speaking of all the music come on dude you're totally punking my story <laughs> yeah i've just like she we didn't talk a lot about this scene in our discussion but it is a very small scene and and it, it is 
so essential to Faye. Like it just fits Faye, right? We've we've known her to be the manipulative, attractive, uh, honeypot character when she needs to be, right? So this is the kind of thing that we're used to her doing from the original series, and mm-hmm. the kind of thing that we have seen her get ready to do in this series. It's just that a bunch of people got turned into trees last time. So this this really. I think it, like it goes back to what I was saying earlier about how all she has to do is tell Spike, look, here's how I beat the unbeatable guy. And then he's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, what do you got next? She doesn't have to prove that. She just is able to go, here are details that I wouldn't have unless I had done it. And he goes, good enough for me. And I think that that, that really shows a level of respect in Spike for Faye that we kind of probably never got in the anime, right? Because... And let's be, we could, it would be fair, I think, to say that maybe Faye didn't earn it in the anime, but here we get it and it's beautiful. And I'm sorry. I just, I, I love watching Daniela Pineda tango (laughs) and, and then her, her moment where she looks at Ayn and Ayn goes, and his eyebrows arched was perfectly acted. If I may, Charlie, just beautifully done. (laughs) So, um, I think that's actually it for our segments, gentlemen. Wrong. burned right through those so wrong let what we do oh did you did you have one more one-liner josh have, did you have one more one-liner have, did you go to all the trouble to pull angelus's one-liner as well as angelus's shot of the show uh, i'm so happy that amazing. angelus provided that for yes. us thank you angelus if you would like to do that angelus the thing that angelus has done you can join us in the live chat at youtube.com slash twist my arm podcast every friday night at 8 30 p.m mountain standard time and Josh, you know what you know what i would away. say because because we were saying earlier we don't have anything to give the first person in the chat so i'll say if you're the first person in the chat with a shot and a line we will make the uh the stuff for you that'll be our thing <laughs> but yes i got it right here oh there you go. We'll make the thing. Bullshit. What are you doing? Uh, I'll tell you what I'm not going to do is stick around here with my thumb up my ass. I'm going out. Hold on. I believe that's what it, what it was. I believe that's what it was. Unless we are sort of guessing. Angelus, we, we had the time, time code, code, but we didn't. Yeah. Yeah. We use we use um like first and last word when we're sending them to each other because otherwise it gets very like. Did you want the music? Did you want so the? That, that's and it. that's not your fault, no. Angelus. Thank no. you for participating. Sweet. We were, we and were thank right. you, Josh, Woo! for going to the trouble. Yeah, that was very well done. He says it was corfect, which I have to imagine is like correct and perfect at the same time. And yeah, the thumb, the thumb comment from Faye. I, I, she is attitude incarnate in this series in particular, and I feel like this is a great illustration of that. Faye, I, we've talked about it before. We're big Faye stands on this show. We've been celebrating February all month long, and we will continue to do so. Even though it is the shortest month, that doesn't mean it's not an important month. Gentlemen, that is it for our weekly segments. But there is a thing that we do every week. It's not really a segment, right? But it is a thing that we do, and it comes at the end of the show. So maybe it's a segment. I'm not sure. We like to give our episodes a rating out of 10, and then we do some average math, and we give it give it a, a sort of a letter grade, kind of a number grade. So... As our guest, Andrew, if you wouldn't mind, let's go ahead and get your rating out of 10 for this week's episode, my friend. Sure. So I, uh, I'm i not used to being the critic on, on most of the things that I participate in, but I, I will say that like I, I would give this a 6.5, 6.5 out of 10. So I don't know. I haven't tried to rate any of the other live action ones yet, right? Like in my head, I don't know where this would end up sitting, but that's just 
it, it's just kind of where it fits to me. It is not bad, but it is not my favorite. <laughs> it's just over mediocre, right? Just a little over mediocre. Yeah, it's better than, but yeah, just yeah. over. Yeah. Ricky D from Best Looks with Ricky D, if you don't mind. I'm hovering in the same area. I'm going to go seven. Uh, I definitely like the Jet storyline. Uh, when mm -hmm. they put Faye and Spike in that bottle and they never really let them out of the uh, Bebop, that was, it took away a little bit from me. I love the dancing with the Corgi, but uh, I'm going <laughs> to so go that's seven. Where you got, that's where you got your point five. Yeah, back. That's, that's the equation. <laughs> Josh, what do you got? See, I'm I'm at a 7.5 because I absolutely loved that bottleneck part of it. Like I thought that was awesome. <laughs> I don't I don't care Excellent. that it was a, a bottle a bottleneck episode, but like <laughs> that was fun. That was a fun time and and getting to know them and their scars and like you know, I, I really like seeing a different rock paper scissors. That scar on John Cho's hip, wah wah wee wah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Favorite John Choment right there. Mm. <laughs> it was it was well done i would probably go with um the loofah moment personally. see there's just so many different um, moments in there. <laughs> wonderful like and i got i have to agree with you josh um i i think initially i had this as a 6.5 because if i'm being if i'm being if i'm taking a long look here right of all the episodes and i'm giving them a, a subjective score based on how much fun i had with each episode I think this might be one of my lower episodes. Um, and I don't, it's not because I don't like it. It's just that I think I do love some of the other ones so much. And there are ones where I'm like, just get me back to that, that grind and that energy. Um, but as we talked about it, it's like, man, you're right. There are so many of these little gems in there and just these little points that I feel like I have to go one up from there or or like half a point up from there i feel like i have to so i'm going to give it a seven as well i know i put 6.5 in the spreadsheet josh i'm sorry to change that on you last minute but i'm putting a seven in there pretty and sure my uh, rating had it in parentheses subject to change subject to change <laughs> <laughs> yeah josh is um much like any given human let's be real Josh's rating for a thing will change wildly based on the mood he's in when he watches it. And we we try to get some of these things out of the way ahead of time. We get uh, pre-production done, we like to call it, because that makes it sound like we're planning. So, you know, I think it's I think that's, again, transparency and honesty, as our friend Ricky D has explained before, is what we're all about here at Sudden But Inevitable. That, my friends, puts us at a 28 out of 40, which gives us a 70%. I feel like that's honest. I feel like... It's a low, uh, low C, right? It's not high school the for me, right there. That you could get, but it, <laughs> <laughs> but but C's get degrees, as we have been reminded by our friends Sincera in the live chat and in Meet Space before, well, virtual Meet Space. So I I I have to say really quickly one more time, thank you to everybody in the live chat for being here, Callie, Angelus, Roy, uh, Philip, you guys. You really are the lifeblood of the show. I know that I say that every week, but I always mean it. And I, I, I cannot tell you how much it means to us to be able to invite guests to our show and have live viewers there when our guests get there, because that's not something that happens on every podcast. And I'm cool. not, I'm not yeah. talking down to other podcasts. It's just something that feels really cool. So, and and again, Andrew, thank you big time for stopping by, man. Because absolutely, yeah, this was a blast. <laughs> And as I go through shows, I mean, when you make an independent podcast, you're inundated with options of other independent podcasts to listen to, 
right? So as I go through, you know, I listen to probably six episodes of podcasts a day at work. So I go through a lot of different ones. We have probably the same nine to 10 guests back in general. So to be a new guest, I'm not saying it's a big deal or that we're exclusive. I'm just saying like, we like you <laughs> and, and, and please come back because we, we, we like our good guests. And Anytime. Yeah, I would yeah. like to say, if you wouldn't mind, take a moment to give all of the folks out there in podcast land and in the aforementioned live chat, if they want to get more Andrew in their life and they want to get more bebop tabletop in their life, what are the best ways they can do that? Sure thing. Yeah. So uh, the easiest way to find us is at bebop tabletop on Twitter. If you are a big fan of the Twitterverse. Uh, otherwise, if you search through your Spotify's, your Apple podcasts, your uh, anything, uh, searching bebop tabletop uh, i think we're the first hit for that now <laughs> so give us a listen we release on mondays weekly and we are just getting into uh the playtest sessions so we're, we're starting to get ready to actually like see if this is any good i hope this is any good <laughs> i guarantee you it's good i we also release on mondays so those of you in the live chat that means if you felt like it you could download two Cowboy Bebop podcasts every Monday. and Bebop they, Mondays. They could help you get through your work week. How cool is that? And then, of course, Bebop Beat, which we would be remiss not to mention. Mm -hmm. I believe they're currently releasing on Fridays. So that's a perfect cap because we're live on Friday. They release on Friday. You can listen to them, get ready for us, and then come join us in a live chat again youtube.com slash twist my arm podcast every friday night 8 30 p.m mountain standard time or if you for some reason need more of my voice in your day you can follow me on twitter at sudden butt you can follow me on instagram at sudden but inevitable podcast or you can just go to twistmyarm.net slash sbi josh i know that bugs you but i'm gonna work on it this weekend it will all be i beautiful. put it in quest me this week Ricky reluctantly D. so <laughs> okay i, I was like good, good. <laughs> We did it to make ourselves do it. Yeah, we did it so we'd have to do it. It's it's a way to set a yeah. goal. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. If the good folks out there need more Ricky D in their day, how do they do that? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Best Flicks Ricky D. You can find the Best Flicks podcast anywhere you search for podcasts. at Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, all of those good places. Uh, I think I'm going to be putting out a new episode very soon. I'm going to recap some of the shows that maybe you missed something that came out in the nineties, something that maybe only had a couple of seasons. I'm going to try and highlight a few shows that I don't think got their, got their uh, deserved praise. Hey, um, we're talking Smallville. Need somebody to watch one of those shows with you. I know a guy who is pretty used to doing that in a podcast format, just throwing it out there. Um, I'll put you in touch with the guy. All right, Josh, you are the head of the twist. My arm podcast network. If the people want more Josh in their days, what should they do? Man, you just search Twist My Arm everywhere. Uh, on Twitter, at Twist My Arm Cast. On Instagram, Twist My Arm Podcast. On Facebook, Twist My Arm Podcast. Those might change. So if you already like us, great. If you don't like us, just be on the lookout. It might change to Twist My Arm Network. Uh, the Twist My Arm Podcast is not really a thing much anymore. It was just kind of time to move on from that and start something new. Um, but I am currently, like I said, going through a midlife crisis. So, the <laughs> <laughs> Which means Star Wars. <laughs> Lots and lots of Star Wars. Yes, yes. Um, but I'm also part of the the Marvel Canon Madness podcast um, and where we talk about all things Marvel. That's been on a little bit of a hiatus as well. Just there's so much going on in everybody's lives right now. So um, I'm, I'm so happy that Quest Me and Sunbow Inevitable can can keep this network rolling. Um, but but Marvel will be uh, 
coming out here soon. And then you got Intrepid DM. If you ever want to find that guy, go go look for Intrepid DM. He does a lot of tabletop gaming as well. I know he's got something for the network in the works um, as well, which I'm super excited about. So, yeah, other than that, twistmarm.net is pretty much the best place you can email us from there. Um, any of your thoughts or concerns or anything like that, you can actually find our live videos on our website um, and go check out any of the other shows that we have to offer. We're here to twist your arm. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Another really cool thing about that website is that it has a link to a store where you can purchase merchandise that shows people how much you love this independent podcast and how much this independent podcast loves you all of that money goes directly back into the show it pays for hosting fees it pays for uh, broadcasting fees software that kind of a thing uh, we've yet to make any profit on this show but there have been a couple of months where our very generous very supportive listeners have um, bought enough merchandise to pay for our hosting so we, we didn't have to pay to have the podcast up and that means that that help, help keep the yeah, that up. month this was your show and that is very cool to me. Now, before we get out of here and sign off, I do have to say really quickly, please, if I could ask you one final favor, go to your favorite podcasting app right now. Look up a podcast called Another Time McLeod. If that sounds familiar, it's because they're going through the 1986 classic Highlander one minute at a time. <laughs> Yours truly was a guest for two of those minutes recently, and the first of those two episodes has just dropped, and I simply must implore you to go listen to Another Time McLeod. It is simply possibly one of the best podcast ideas i've ever come across in my entire life is ricky gonna guest on that one i somehow doubt it gentlemen it has been an absolute joy and an absolute pleasure i want to say thank you again to everyone in the live chat especially callie d who says you guys are all hugely amazing have an awesome weekend we promise callie we promise because guess what next week callie d will be in the virtual house ladies and gentlemen this is going to be a big new thing. Having guests become part of our show, and people from our live chat and listeners become part of our show, that's where our show came from. That's where Ricky D came from. That's where Best Flicks with Ricky D came from. So this could be the start of something huge. Just whatever you do, be here next week, same time, same place. We appreciate you as always. Gentlemen, if you guys don't mind, what do you say we sign off for the evening? For Sudden But Inevitable, I have been Jesse. I have been Andrew for Bebop Tabletap. This is Ricky D. Best flicks with Ricky D. And this is Josh. See you, legally sanctioned interplanetary vigilante. Thank you for listening to Sudden But Inevitable. Follow us on Twitter at Sudden But. Find us on Instagram at Sudden But Inevitable Podcast. To get everything all in one place, go to twistmyarm.net slash SBI. And join the show live in the chat at youtube.com slash twistmyarmpodcast. Sudden But Inevitable is a Twist My Arm podcast. The views and opinions expressed on this show are held solely by those speaking them. No, he said balls.